those are all my announcements. I bring up brother, pastor, man of God. One of those, huh? Wayne Buster. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't need that one. Thank you, Lauren. Yeah, uh, so put that on your calendar. Wednesday and Thursday. Last year we did, we delivered 60 Thanksgiving meals in Palisade and Clifton area. So uh, our Sequoia was just like loaded up full of plate lunches and all that good stuff. And we just drove around to the addresses that they gave us and uh, were able to deliver meals. And with the Convoy of Hope thing and the One Day to Feed the World, uh, they said that $120 of giving feeds a kid lunch uh, for the school year every day. So a lunch is provided every day while the kids are at school for the whole year. So I just think that is absolutely amazing. Am I coming in all right? Can you hear me? Okay. Cool. Well, uh, I want to say welcome. Thanks for joining us here. Uh, if you're new here, we always say it every week. We're so glad that you're here. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. And even if you're here, uh, maybe trying to figure out what your journey with Jesus might look like. We have te technical difficulties. Keep going for what your journey with Jesus might look like and exploring what that looks like for you, I want to say that this is a, a safe place and a good place for that to happen and uh, you and your journey with Jesus. So my name is Wayne. I'm the lead pastor here at the Mustard Seed Church. And uh, a couple of announcements that I want to make that we didn't throw into the announcements. One is tonight we have uh, the Giving Thanks Worship Night at Downtown Vineyard at 7 p.m., and uh, so it's going to be a bunch of churches coming together. We're going to be worshiping together. Our very own worship leader, Eden, is going to be leading worship there. And so make sure to put that on your calendar for tonight, 7 p.m. at Downtown Vineyard Church. And then uh, lastly, real quick, I wanted to announce or give you an update that uh, you know that we've been having these conversations with the First Baptist Church in terms of merging together or not merging together and all that stuff. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, their leadership and our leadership got together. And we sort of came to the conclusion that uh, the idea of both of us merging together really wasn't going to be a good fit. And so we sort of blessed them and said our peace, and they blessed us and said their peace. And uh, we sort of kind of brought an end to that conversation. So just want to let you know and keep you in the loops and keep you uh, updated on that front, on that conversation. So I want to begin by saying, man, this week is probably one of my favorite, favorite weeks of the year. And I'm sure you can guess why, right? Food. Yes. <laughs> Amen. It's Thanksgiving. And this is one of my favorite weeks of the year because, man, I love food, uh, time with family, time with friends, watching football, taking naps, especially naps, right? Can we get an amen for naps? Amen. Right? Right. So this is just one of my favorite weeks of the year, Thanksgiving. Also, what Thanksgiving, the week of Thanksgiving does is it brings to the forefront of our minds during this week the virtue of thankfulness. The virtue of thankfulness. The Roman philosopher Cicero, he said this, he said, gratitude or Thankfulness is not only the greatest of the virtues, but it's the parent of all the others. Thankfulness is not only the greatest of the virtues, but it's the parent of all the others. Thankfulness. But some of the tension that we can have surrounding thankfulness or gratitude is interesting enough. It's not always easy to give thanks. 
Uh, if we're honest, thankfulness can be hard to practice. And a couple of things that we can even look at over the past couple of years, uh, especially in our society, has been uh, COVID, right? Political tensions, loss of jobs, maybe even death of a loved one or a friend, sickness, quarantine. I don't know about you, but I had to quarantine a number of times. And it's just... You know, 14 days held up in the house, you can only watch so much Netflix, you know what I'm saying? And so quarantining, the acceptance of our new normal of life, that's kind of a hard one to swallow and be thankful for. Or just plain out, downright, life being hard. Uh, our experience in life, this is the truth, is that our experience in, in life can make it hard to be thankful. On top of that, it can just be plain, downright difficult when you look at maybe in, in the rhythm in your life, going to work, running behind kids to sporting events and practices, right? Anybody got to do that? Running errands or just being flat out busy. It can be hard to be thankful. There was a report that came out that said 90% of people describe themselves as thankful people, but only 52% of women and 44% of men express thankfulness. Can be hard to be thankful. With some of those difficulties maybe that you've heard me describe this morning, I wonder if you find yourself relating to any one of those in particular. That as I was going through the list, you're like, oh man, running errands, running kids to practice. Oh gosh, it's hard for me to slow down and be thankful, right? Maybe for you, life has just been hard and therefore it's hard to be thankful. Maybe for you, again, life has been busy, working errands, kids, and it's almost a feeling of non-stop. And it's hard to sort of settle and slow and be thankful. The interesting thing enough with all the research that I've been doing around thankfulness, it is extremely beneficial to you and to me when we are thankful people. Let me just read some statistics for you. A study was done that showed that people who practice thankfulness showed 16% fewer physical symptoms, 19% more time spent exercising. That was, I was surprised by that. I must not give thanks enough. <laughs> my exercising time did not go up. 10% uh, less physical pain, 8% more sleep, and 25% increase in sleep quality. The benefits of thankfulness. They go on to say that thankfulness reduced depressive symptoms by 35% for several weeks and lowered depressive symptoms by 30% for as long as thankfulness was practiced. The benefits of thankfulness. And this is where the tension lies within our culture and even in our own life, is that we can look and we can read and we can see all these benefits that come with thankfulness, but at the same time, it can still be difficult to be able to express that or to even think about it or to find time, maybe even to to pray or jot down or journal what you're thankful for. So today as we get into God's Word, we're going to look at some truths of thankfulness that apply to me and to you today. And hopefully, this is my hope, is that we leave from here feeling like, uh, even though we might feel 90% that we're thankful people, that our percentage in expressing that thankfulness goes up. Right, fellas, 44%, we got to get that up, okay? We can't let the ladies beat us, okay? We have 52%, we got to get that up. 
So today we're going to go to Luke chapter 17. We're going to be in verse 11 through 19. We're going to have it on the screen for you. And uh, let me get there myself real quick. So if you have your phones or your Bible, you can go ahead and jump there. Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. Everybody ready? You're just going to trust that I'm reading it? We'll have it on the screen. Okay, here we go. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. This is uh, Jesus and his disciples. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Verse 14. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Verse 15. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Verse 19, And he said to him, Rise and go your way, your faith has made you well. Rise and go your way, your faith has made you well. To give you a little context of what is happening here, they have ten lepers, nine of them are what many scholars believe people of Israel, uh, Jews. And then they have one Samaritan, one foreigner, who the Jews absolutely despised. They felt like they were mixed blood between uh, people of Israel and other nations. And so they absolutely despise the Samaritan. But here we see the one, the foreigner, actually coming back and giving thanks to Jesus. Now, a couple of things about lepers. Lepers in the Old Testament, and you can look this up in Leviticus 13, uh, they had to quarantine themselves. And so they would have like colonies of lepers that would be quarantined together. And everywhere that they went, they had to shout out, unclean, unclean. Shouted to the top of their lungs. If somebody was drawn near, they unclean, unclean. And that person would go, whoa, okay, you know, we're this way, you know. <laughs> to make sure that they stayed isolated from other people. The interesting thing is, a couple of things, we're not going to get into this, I just want to highlight. One, they take special care in announcing and making known that the Samaritan, a foreigner, was the only one that came back. And not the other nine who were Jewish-born uh, individuals. The other thing is, is when they saw Jesus, rather than crying out, unclean, unclean, they cried out, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. And so this, I have two points I want to highlight this morning, two things I want to talk about. The first one is, is that thankfulness is a choice. Thankfulness is a choice. In verse 15, he says this, then one of them when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Thankfulness is a choice. As we read this text, one of the observations that, uh, and this is like when, they, when you get into like Bible study, you try to do the, you try to see what the observation is in the text. And clearly, one of the observations in the text is that he chose to turn back around. This one leper could have followed the other nine and went home to their family and to their friends after they went and seen the priest. And uh, I mean, I personally myself would have probably done that. 
If I've been quarantined and separated from my family for years and now I'm finally cleansed, I would have ran to my family. But what we see here in this text is that this one leper chooses to turn back around, to go to the feet of Jesus, and to give thanks. Thankfulness is a choice. Matthew Henry, who is an 18th century uh, Puritan preacher, and he has a bunch of commentaries out right now, if you ever get into Bible study and all that stuff. Matthew Henry, uh, he writes in his letters one time of an instance of where he was walking around London and he was robbed in London. And this is what he writes in his letter. He says, let me be thankful first because I was never robbed before. Second, because although they took my purse, they did not take my life. Third, because although they took my all, it was not much. That would probably be me. It's not much. They're like, you got 20 cents? I'm like, that's all I got, man. Fourth, because it was, uh, because I who was robbed and not I who robbed. And so he's looking at this situation and this scenario and he chooses to be thankful. Thankfulness is a choice. The interesting thing is, is, as I was thinking about this, is that thankfulness comes easy and it's probably all fine and dandy when things are going well. But what about being thankful as a choice when life is not going well? When life is hard, when there's loss and heartache and hardships, to say that thankfulness is a choice then feels like you're almost sort of brushing over the hardships. That yes, I have this struggle, but you know what? I'm going to uh, speak it into existence and I'm going to you know, sort of the prosperity, naming and claiming sort of thing of like, this really didn't happen, and I'm going to be thankful for what's to come, right? Almost as though we're brushing over the hardships and the struggles that we can experience in life. But Nathan Givens, he's a public square contributor, and he writes this in an article, and I think he puts it beautifully in terms of being thankful as a choice. And I'm going to read it slow so you can grab it, right? I want you to savor this. He says, there are real reasons for grief and fear and stress all around us. Denial can make all problems and symptoms go away, but gratitude or thankfulness isn't about flipping a switch to be happy. It's not about making problems evaporate, evaporate, evaporate. <laughs> thankfulness doesn't deny anything. It is simply a choice to look for blessings, for things to be thankful for regardless. That's a choice we can always make no matter the circumstances. Yes, it's a lot harder in dark times, but it's also a lot more important in dark times. Thankfulness is a choice. And the thing that we see with the leper that is true for you and me for this morning is that when he chose thankfulness, and this is what he did, it moved him towards Jesus. When he chose to turn back around and express thankfulness, it moved him towards Jesus. And this is what it does for me and for you. When we, out of a thankful heart, even if Maybe the world is crumbling around us. We find things around us to be thankful for. It moves us closer and closer towards Jesus. 
You see that it, it says that he fell at his feet, giving thanks. What this looks like in my life, and this is sort of is something that I've adopted and now is sort of trickling through my family, is that every time we see something, we just stop, we take a breath, and we say, thank you, Lord. And so probably two months ago, my family and I were in Uray where I got this sweet jacket from that you all compliment me on. I appreciate the love. And uh, I'm in Uray, and I see the mountaintops and the peaks and everything. We're in town, and I stop, and I sit down, and I go, thank you, Lord. And my girls are like, what are you doing? You know? The interesting thing, when we were driving down the interstate a couple of months later, a month later, going to Junction, and the sun was setting. You ever see the sun setting behind Mount Garfield, and it lights up the sky? And I hear my middle one in the back, Madison, she's leaning on the window looking out, and she goes, hmm, thank you, Lord. And I'm like, right on, right on. <laughs> Thankfulness is a choice, and it leads us to the feet of Jesus. And that leads us to our second point that I want to highlight this morning, is that thankfulness is a reaction. <laughs> thankfulness is a reaction. We see in verse 17, it says that when Jesus answered, we're not ten cleansed, where are the nine? No one found, no, was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner. We see that in the story that Jesus, in his mercy and grace, moves towards the ten lepers. And can I just pause for a minute and say that this is the gospel. This is the good news. Right? Uh, uh, all throughout history, maybe even now in our day, the idea of preaching the gospel or preaching the good news or sharing your faith has sort of had like a bad smudge mark and a black eye on it. And really what we're trying to talk about when we say the good news or the gospel is this story right here. That God moves towards me and you. He hears our cries. He hears our prayers. He sees our struggle. And when we say, Lord, have mercy, he moves towards me and you. This is the gospel. This is why James Martin, who's a Jesuit priest, he said this. He said, the gospel is that in all of our unloveliness, we become the beloved. That's the gospel. In all of our unloveliness, and all of our yuck and mess and whatever else you want to throw in there, in all of that, we become the beloved. God moves towards me and you. And he's a good God. And that's why James says in James 1.17, he says, Every good gift and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Thankfulness is a reaction from what we have received. N.T. Wright, a New Testament scholar, says this. He says, our God is the giver of all things. Every mouthful of food we take, every breath of air we inhale, every note of music we hear, every smile on the face of a friend, a child, a spouse, all that and a million things more are good gifts from his generosity. All of that and a million more are good gifts from his generosity. Have you ever taken a bite of food and you were like, man, this is heavenly. 
right? Last night we went to some friend's house and they did fried shrimp for us. I no lie, ate 40 shrimp. I mean, I was an overachiever. I looked on every, so they, what they did is they took like eight shrimp and they put them on sticks, like skewers, and then I looked around and everybody had one stick on their plate, I had five sticks. I was like, did I really eat that many shrimp? It's like M&M's, you know? And it was heavenly. And it was like, you know what NT right here is saying that our God is the giver of all things. Every mouthful of food we take. I couldn't help but say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this fried shrimp. <laughs> and this is also the theme that we see throughout Scripture. The word thanks, especially in relation to giving thanks to God, is referenced 139 times in Scripture. 139 times, and always it's directed towards God, of giving thanks. Most of the time, the Bible gives no specific reason to give thanks. It's almost like a fill-in-the-blank. A fill-in-the-blank for give thanks. I have a list here, probably 15 specific reasons the Bible states to give thanks. I'll just shout them out to you. The first one is God's goodness. The second, Him loving us. The third, being faithful. The fourth, hearing our cry, answering prayer, provision such as food. Thank you, Lord. Fried shrimp. Safe arrival after a journey. Other believers, giving thanks for other believers. Salvation, setting us free. I love the songs that we sang this morning about that. People who respond to God and being able to serve others. A little plug for the Thanksgiving meal, right? Being able to serve others. All of this we see in scriptures is almost like a fill in a blank for our lives to give thanks. Thankfulness is a reaction of what we have received and how God has moved towards us. If I can just be vulnerable with you this morning, the thing that I've been thankful for this year is one, this church I love our church family. Such a wonderful community of people. Two, I, through this year of leading and pastoring, I've seen my own faults and shortcomings and failures. And I can't help but keep being reminded that he says that he will finish the good work that he began in us. I can't help but think, Lord, you haven't given up on me. You haven't given up on us. That you will keep working in our lives and forming us more and more into the image of your son. And you will finish the good work that you began in us. And I can't help but give thanks. I can't help but to react to that. Thankfulness is a reaction. And my question for you this morning is, what about you? What in your life right now, as you look at your life in this season, would you like to give thanks to God the Father for? Maybe, you got a, maybe we have a lot of farmers that come here. Maybe you had a full crop this year. Maybe business was good and you were able to sell some things. I've, I've talked to the number of people this year who have lost Loved ones in their life 
So a, a situation where you would think it would be uh, sort of down and dreary, but what they say to me is, man, a, a loss of a loved one seems to like bring the family back together again. And they're thankful for that. As you look at your life and in this season that you find yourself, what would you like to give thanks to God the Father for? Maybe it's fried shrimp. Maybe you got a donuts, right? Maybe you got a job. All these ways that we can react to what we have received. And so as we close, if we can have the worship team come up here, just some practicals I want to share with you. Some practical tips. So this is the reality is that as we've looked at it through this talk this morning that uh, difficulties come our way. There's no way around it. Difficulties come our way. But what if we chose to give thanks in spite of our difficulties? What if we chose to give thanks in spite of our difficulties? And what this is going to do, and we've talked about this over the fall, is that we view our journey with Jesus just as that. It's a journey. And we try things. And we practice and we wake up at 4.30 in the morning to say, I'm going to read my Bible. And we realize, nope, that's not going to work. Let me switch to 4.30 in the evening. Right? It's a journey and we practice. We don't get it right. We don't uh, check all the boxes all the time. But what if we developed a, developed a habit in our life of choosing to give thanks even in the difficult circumstances? Like what if we are able to find something to say, man, I lost my job, that sucks. But I'm home with my family more. Or, man, maybe now I can really do what I want to do in life. Like looking at the situations and, and finding the good and choosing to give thanks for that and building this habit in our life. So my, this is a take home for you. I want you to practice what my family has put into practice. When you take a bite of that good food, when you see a sunset, or a smile from a friend, or a song that comes on, or a Bible passage that you read. Let's take a moment and pause and take a deep breath. Let's, let's practice now. Ready? One, two, three. And say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Like, what if that became a habit in our life? What if that became like our default? To pause and to give thanks, to choose thankfulness. And the second thing is, and this is going to be a challenge. I'm just warning you right now for those introverts out there like myself. This is going to be a challenge. You extroverts, you're going to kill it. It's your question. To write, this is one of the um, one of the things that we've seen as most helpful or beneficial in terms of practicing thankfulness is writing a gratitude letter. Finding someone in your life who has mentored you, encouraged you, uh, believed in you, called you to more, maybe had a, an impact on your life, and to write them a gratitude letter. Mail it to them if you can, uh, or give it to them if you can. I'm already nervous thinking about this. <laughs> but could you imagine what that would do for us? And could you imagine what it would do for the person that we give the letter to? 
gratitude letter. So this week, as you go out, find someone to take a deep breath and say, thank you, Lord. And find someone that you can think of that you want to write a gratitude letter to. So as we close, would you stand with me?